And I shoot my shot, it's the whole wild way it's going in. Cross niggas like Bubba Chuck, I never gave a fuck. Hook shot a hole like Kareem, but I never lead a buck. I hit that Janobi with my left hand all like, woo. Bitch, you weren't with me shooting in the gym. James Harden with the range of me, nigga, way back. Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circus. And you can live through anything if magic made it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you do. What up, my fellow NBA lovers? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. And happy new year to you all. Hopefully everything is going well on your end. Now I'm going to touch base on a few nuances that are going on throughout the league. One being right now with Kobe Bryant, we're all finding out that he was in the cusp of leaving Nike before his death. And we're going to talk about the paradigm shift that would have actually caused a ripple effect throughout the league. The same way that when LeBron had left Cleveland for the first time and took control of his destiny and went to Miami, it kind of opened up the players' eyes to take control of their business and take control of their future. And I'm also touch base on the fact that Adam Silver has stated that the NBA is looking into some of the ramifications if they do end up expanding the league in this current state in which they're dealing with the pandemic and a lot of loss of revenue. And if the NBA does expand, the revenue that's going to be generated for at least two new teams will alleviate some of the owners on some of the financial pressures. And also at the same time, that revenue would not have to be split among the players. The owners would get to keep that and allocate that to their cost. But before I get to all that, I want you guys to check out my weekly gems below. I know you guys got a lot of hobbies, a lot of interests. Definitely check it out below. Got cookbooks. We got weekly music playlists, a lot of things on business just to keep you guys in the know. So just check it out. Now, as 2020 was coming to a close, we have found out that Kobe Bryant was possibly in the verge of breaking off that major Nike tree and starting his own company with the Mamba brand. He was already working with a venture capitalist, the same guy that had kind of invested and made a major push for Uber to start up. Now, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can see that they already had a sample model already designed. They have future meeting dates all planned out to happen just a few weeks after his death. Just keep in mind that Kobe Bryant is not a Nike homegrown baby. Let's not forget that when he was drafted, he actually signed a six year Adidas deal. How could we not forget those space looking shoes that he had back when Kobe had the fro in his earlier days? But his relationship with Adidas once again lasted six years from 96 to 2003. And then from 2003 on, Kobe has signed with Nike. How could we not forget those exclusive Jordan player edition shoes that Kobe was rocking in the 2003-2004 seasons? But after a few years of just rocking player edition Jordans and Hirachis and Zoom 2K4s, Kobe ended up getting his own line around 2005 with Nike. So fast forwarding to 2020, According to the venture capitalist, Kobe Bryant was unhappy with the way Nike handled his shoe line after his retirement. The lack of promotion, he didn't trust the design team, there was a lack of communication. All these things started having a ripple effect on his shoe sales. And when you think about it, it kind of doesn't make sense, especially for a legacy act slash player in Kobe Bryant. He plays in a big market. He's probably one of the most popular players of all time. He actually, to me, he transcended the Lakers because a lot of people, they're Kobe Bryant fans over the Lakers. But going back to the lack of promotion, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because Kobe Bryant's shoe line, he has popular models within that line. 
and LeBron James, he does not really have a popular shoe in his whole line throughout all the years he's been in the league. And his shoes get way more promotion. And we've seen a history of this happen at Nike where they have so many players on their roster that they sometimes overlook other guys. We've seen them overlook Stephen Curry because in his contract renewals, they gave him the same presentation that they gave Kevin Durant. They just forgot to change his name on the slideshow. That's how that got exposed. And it seemed like Kobe Bryant felt like he was getting that same treatment, but he was a legacy act. Now, Nike had one last meeting with Kobe set up just a few weeks after his death. It's very unfortunate, but best believe they were not going to let him walk away because Nike sort of plays the same game that Facebook plays, where they kind of buy out their competition because best believe if Kobe had branched off, he was going to be competing against the Mamba brand that Nike had already established. And best believe Nike does not want that. So when I say Nike kind of operates the same way Facebook operates in which they buy out the competition, just imagine Nike is Facebook and Kobe is Snapchat. LeBron is TikTok. Kevin Durant is WhatsApp. So Nike wants to control the market share and make sure that these guys have brands within their ecosystem. Sort of the same way Michael Jordan operates within Nike. Even though he has a Jordan brand, it's just under the Nike umbrella. So with these brands operating underneath that Nike umbrella, Nike can continue to dominate in the athletic footwear category and also the athletic wear category. T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies. These are the two major categories that Nike dominates other brands in. And that's because they're controlling the influential market share of the players in their prime years where they're making a name for themselves. So here's where it gets tricky. And this is where the perfect timing of this Kobe situation comes into play. So now you take social media, the way technology has evolved. Now the players are kind of walking brands and entities of their own. With all these venture capitalists and a lot of billionaires being made every single day, it's going to breed competition for these guys to get investors and kind of start off their own entities. And once again, this is due to the fact that now these guys can promote themselves on the internet, which used to be another major channel that big companies like Nike used to control. Because think about it, if there was no social media for you to promote yourself, you would have to go through a major company and get sponsored and get big time commercials, which cost a lot of money. Now they can just skip all that. They can take their popularity, their fans that already messed with them and carry them over to another platform and sell directly to their fans. And keep in mind, due to social media and the way today's marketplace deals with advertising and promotion, people are more aligned with personalities than to brands. So people are not really loyal to the Nike brand. They would be loyal to Kobe Bryant and whatever products he sells. We see this play out, for example, with the Kardashians. That's why they can sell through multiple mediums. They can sell cosmetics. They can sell t-shirts, clothes, bras, panties. People are going to follow them through various entities because they like the personalities. Let's say if they did a collaboration with Victoria's Secret, the fans are not necessarily loyal to Victoria's Secret. They're loyal to the Kardashians. And best believe Nike understands that. The technology is changing a lot of things. The players will eventually be Nike's competition if they don't lock them up. The same way ESPN covers NBA players, but at the same time they compete against them in the media because a lot of these players are starting their own podcasts and media companies. 
So Nike's main game plan right now is to buy market share, AKA the players, because like Facebook, they're not really doing anything innovative where people are loyal to that Facebook brand or Nike brand. If you look at Facebook the past couple of years, all they do is just buy out Instagram. They bought out WhatsApp, but they didn't really make anything great. Same thing with Nike. They kind of rely on legacy acts, legacy players. Their most popular player right now, LeBron James, does not even have a popular selling shoe. They're kind of building up his personality through social media. It's almost like they're trying to make him popular so people will just know who he is, even if you don't watch basketball. And this is the game that Kobe Bryant, as we all know, he doesn't really have the same personality as LeBron James. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be on TikTok or trying to show his ass everywhere, trying to be like, oh, look at me, look at me. Kobe Bryant doesn't play those type of games. He wants people to flock towards his brand because the product is that good. And I believe for a long time, Nike has not focused on the products. They're just focusing on the popularity of the players and hoping that that will end up selling the product. This can definitely work. As you see the Kardashians, it works out for them, but it has to be organic. Speaking of popularity, I'm wondering in 2015, how was LeBron James able to secure a lifetime deal from Nike without having a top of the line selling product or shoe? And as we see it played out with Kobe, he was not even locked in for that type of deal, even though his shoes were less promoted than LeBron's, but yet he had a few popular models within his line that LeBron James's shoes have never even reached. Now, I know if I was Kobe Bryant, I'll be looking at this very carefully. I mean, you add this with Kobe Bryant not liking the lack of promotion post-retirement on his products and also him not seeing eye to eye with the design team, you understand why he eventually wanted to just branch off. And best believe him branching off was going to have a ripple effect the same way when LeBron James had took control of his future and left the Cleveland Cavaliers to go to Miami. And now we see all the players follow suit and take control of their future and try to put themselves in the most successful position that they can. LeBron leaving Cleveland going to Miami is basically the great awakening where a lot of players realize that whole being loyal to an NBA franchise shit, it doesn't make any sense because the minute the city gets rid of you, no one feels sorry for you. The only loyalty players should have is to themselves and to their families. And this is pretty much the norm in the NBA today. But there was an original backlash. But in today's NBA, this is the norm. The same way if Kobe Bryant had started off his own shoe company, there was going to be some bumps on the road. But best believe he was going to lay out a blueprint for other players to follow suit. The same way LeBron James had left the blueprint for guys to take control of their futures and not be afraid of leaving their franchise and putting themselves in a better position. All these things got ripple effects, man. Once people start to see that something works and something is possible, they're going to follow suit. And this is something that is very damaging to the business model of Nike. That's why they're willing to shell out a lot of money to these guys. I mean, in the land of capitalism, there's a lot of billionaires out there. They're looking to start the next Nike. And if they understand the way social media and marketing works today, they can definitely leverage their money along with the popularity of a player and also their resources, AKA factories or just distribution, they could eventually get some shit popping. Competition definitely breeds innovation and you wouldn't get the same stagnation Nike has been in 
as far as the creative side in the past like 20 years plus having new players in the marketplace is not something that's far-fetched people looked at lavar ball crazy when he wanted to start his own shoe company when his son lonzo first came into the nba it would have worked with the right investors and they would need lonzo to almost be a transcendent player within the league as far as popularity and in his game they would need all these things to work simultaneously but when you have a legacy act like Kobe Bryant, who has the game and popularity to all back it up, along with the major investors he was working with, you have a formula for something with major potential. So LeVar's idea for the big baller brand, Kobe's idea for the Mamba brand of his own. This is not going to be the last time we hear about these type of things that are going to be in the works because the environment right now, it's going to breed a lot of competition that's gonna go up against Nike. There's nothing they can really do to stop it. It's just the way the marketing is nowadays. These guys can promote themselves. And when you combine that with a lot of billionaires being made every year and they're getting younger and younger and they're especially coming from tech and they have an understanding of the algorithms, the social media, they're going to recognize quickly what people or institutions to invest in. And best believe they have a lot of ambition to be the next Phil Knight or even go above that. The only thing Nike can really do is what Facebook is doing. Toss out a ton of money to the other innovators and put them all underneath the umbrella. The NBA right now is in uncharted waters. They are looking for any type of way to figure out how to maneuver in this marketplace right now due to the uncertainty of when the vaccines are going to be handed out. They can't predict revenues. So they're looking at all possibilities on how to minimize their losses and at the same time increase their profits now the league took out a 900 million dollar private loan in which they used the money just to cover a lot of the team's expenses this season because there's not going to be any fan ticket revenue a lot of these teams even with fan revenue barely keep their heads above water so this is why the league went out and took out this loan to alleviate some of the owners while hoping in the long run that there's going to be a vaccination and fans could eventually return either mid-season or next season. Because there's no guarantee of exactly when they can start making money again, especially with ticket sales, and you combine that with last season, the league losing about $1.5 billion, they're considering all aspects, including expansion. Now, recently, the Utah Jazz has sold for about $1.6 billion. That's on the low end. So more than likely, if the league did expand to about two more teams, they could be looking at four billion dollars in revenue which the owners would not have to split with the players so that money could also alleviate the owners for all the uncertainty going forward but with the expansion there are positives and negatives of course for starters the smaller market teams that especially this season did not want to operate unless they was going to get some sort of revenue would be happy because of course they would collect fees on the expansions and they would have some sort of stability going forward until at least a vaccination comes out but also at the same time they would have to split the tv revenue among 32 teams instead of 30 so every team will be collecting less money from the national tv deal also small market owners that already wanted to move their teams into high-priced markets aka like seattle or Las Vegas, they would probably most likely end up losing out because the league will most likely expand or possibly even expand to those markets. So teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves, I know that ownership been trying to sell the team or relocate the team. Same thing for the Sacramento Kings. 
there's already a lot of teams in the league where owners are losing money and they want to relocate so they'll be asked out of that another benefit is that the league could strategically relocate teams into a city with a lot of corporate money since the corporate money is more stable than jersey sales or fan ticket revenue and that can actually add to the pool of shared revenue so smaller market teams and everyone else who's struggling could benefit so if you look at a city like seattle that got amazon and other tech companies the league could sure as hell benefit from a team being there because more than likely they'll have ownerships with deep pockets that'll probably go over the luxury tax and it would add to that shared revenue pot now a drawback from the league expanding especially right now is due to the fact that potential new ownerships can't even predict how much revenue a team is going to make going forward so the league might end up getting lowballed because there's no telling how long it's going to take for the vaccinations to be handed out and at the same time with this virus mutating we don't know if another vaccination is going to have to be researched and worked on and it's not even guaranteed that the vaccination is going to work on everybody so things right now are very unpredictable and when things are unpredictable that means future revenues can't be forecasted and so the billionaires that are potentially bidding on these teams can't even tell if they're going to get a return on investment or if the team is even worth investing on and also another drawback is having a diluted product see when david stern in the 90s and 80s started expanding the league the talent level clearly got less and less and there were some teams that were completely uncompetitive you look at the Vancouver Grizzlies. That's one example. You see it throughout the league today where there's a few teams that their business model is almost to try to compete or just be competitive, but they're never really in the mix. And I remember Paul George, he actually spoke about this. He said that the Indiana Pacers were almost in the business of just being competitive because he actually recruited Anthony Davis to come to the team, but the ownership didn't want to pull the trigger because they told him that they were just a small market team. Just quickly, you guys check out this soundbite. We had a, a top three player in the league at this time, power forward, that was that I was trying to get to come to Indy. He wanted to come. I bring it to the front office. They ain't do, they deaded it. Did you ever say who that was? It was AD. Okay. AD, Ooh. me and AD talked. Um, and AD wanted to come to Indy close to Chicago. He was mm -hmm. like, man, it's perfect. Y'all yep. got something going over there. Mm -hmm. So imagine that. So, yeah. right. So I bring that to the front office. They deaded it. We can't do a small market, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, all right. So then that night, go back to after we did the baseball or yeah, the, the charity game that night, they called me up like, you know, I got, we got this player and we looking at that player. And these two players is, we not winning with these two guys that they name. So I call my agent like, man, what what am I doing here? They don't want to win. Like mm -hmm. they, in my, it, it, and what I think, honestly, I don't want to bash the organization because it was wonderful people there. But in my opinion, I think it's an organization that just care to be competitive. Mm -hmm. They don't care to win. Mm -hmm. They got pressure from the, from the city of Indiana to be competitive. And that's where they, they, they hang their hat on. Um, they just want to be a team that can compete. Mm. And their chance of winning is they're going to have to do it in the draft, building the team. That's going to take forever. So I call my agent like, man, get me out of here. Like, they don't want to win. I'm wasting time here. See, it starts to raise a lot of red flags with the league trying to dilute the product even more when you have already a number of owners just using their team as a cash flow and selling their fans the idea of winning. 
And just for you guys to do research in your own time, check out the correlation between the ABA teams and how many of those franchises sort of run in that same manner where you never see these teams win, where they're always picking in the lottery and they're always in the same place. And you never seem to see these guys go after big name free agents or pay guys out a lot of money to keep guys. All these things definitely have a correlation. It's just some interesting shit to research when you got some spare time. But going back to the fact that the league's product is being diluted, the timing almost couldn't get any worse because if they dilute the product even more, it's during the height of a TV bubble with the league negotiating a brand new deal with low ratings on almost every single NBA team. And at the same time, the league is getting younger and younger with very few veteran presence. I don't know if the politics of the veteran minimum payments, if ownership groups don't want to pay out guys those amounts, so they just rather get young guys. But when you combine all these things with dilution of the product on top of it, it doesn't make for a good formula. But one way they could alleviate the style of play from downgrading is making sure that they pour a lot of resources into that G League and make sure that it's developing guys to get to that next level so the television product remains watchable. That's what makes the NFL so successful is that the actual product on TV is really good to watch and the NBA better keep a close eye on that, especially with analytics and everyone playing the same style of basketball and everything pretty much on TV looks very predictable, especially with James Harden. The NBA better move away from that style of play, that ISO, one-on-one, -on -one, non-stop, a bunch of dribbling and three-point shooting. It does not make for a good television product. The correlation between the three-point shooting, the analytics, and the ratings dropping is very close. Once the league started trying to copy Golden State, that's when all the ratings started going down for all the teams. They can't blame everything on linear TV because the NFL is growing. So these are the type of things that the league has to look out for, especially if they go the expansion route. It is what it is. Until next time, you guys stay safe. Peace.